Boom! What's going on, everyone? This is Steve Larson, and welcome to the StoryWell Marketing Podcast. What does it look like to build a million-dollar digital marketing agency from the ground up with no outside funding and no product to sell yet? This podcast is going to be the answer to that. I'm Chris Creed, and I'm on that journey, and I'm so excited to share with you all of it. The ups and downs, successes, the failures. This is an honest look at what it takes to build and start something new. This is the StoryWell Marketing Podcast. Here we go. Hey, what's up, y'all? Yeah, that was Steve Larson who just introed this podcast. What? That's crazy. That's because I'm interviewing him today, and I'm really excited to bring this interview to you guys because I interviewed him last week, and uh, it was so much fun. I'm super grateful for him to, to come on the show um, and uh, and talk to you all, and, and I'm grateful for his time, and it was really cool of him to do that, uh, the intro for the show. So uh, we're going to do this interview today. We got to talk about so many cool things. Uh, we talked about dream traffic, the concept of dream traffic. Um, we'll t- talk a, lot, a little more about that. I'm not going to take the time to explain it now. Um, but we also talked about um, the difference between general marketing and direct marketing and how one is smart and one is dumb. <laughs> You'll get to see which one of those is which here in a minute. Um, but yeah, we just talk, we talked about a lot of things. And one of the one of the coolest things that I was really glad that he shared was, you know, one of the things that he is going to have that he sees coming up in his personal journey that is going to be. Um, you know, something he needs to tackle, something he needs to overcome uh, in, you know, for himself in his personal journeys. And I'm really glad that he shared that. So be sure to stick around in the end and uh, hear what that is. But without further ado, here's my interview with Steve Larson. So, hey, guys, what's up? Uh, this is Chris. And today I'm chatting with Steve Larson. Steve is the, the king of offer creation. He's the coach of the One Funnel Away Challenge. Uh, and he's Uh, the host and the creator of the event that you guys are probably tired of me talking about by now. Um, And uh, he's also the reason that this podcast exists and is past 40 episodes now because of what he teaches. So a brilliant marketer, solid dude. And uh, thanks for being here today, man. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, So I kind of told people a little bit about you. Do you have anything you'd like to fill in the gaps with there? No, I don't. uh, You know, it's funny. Every time someone says like, what's your bio? Send us your bio for the book. And I'm like, you can just say what you want to has giant eyeballs and tons of energy. I don't know. (laughs) I love what I do. You know, I really do. And it's fun to watch people's uh, lives truly change. I always heard that in the past and be like, how are you going to change someone's life? This program changed people's lives or they bought us. We can change lives. I'm like, how? And, uh, and I, I'm, I'm just psyched. I really feel like we get to do that. So. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I agree. That's that's solid. So, uh, well, I'm just going to jump right into it, if you don't mind, man. Yeah. So, at, at OfferMind, we just came fresh off that, which congrats, by the way. It was awesome. I loved everything about it. Got to meet some really cool people. Um, so, thanks for doing that. But one of the things that you talked about, and I thought about you the other day. I was driving down the road uh, here in Nashville, and um, there's a big, huge billboard um, for an email marketing company. And I thought about exactly what you were talking about between general, general marketing and direct marketing. Do you mind to just kind of rap about that for a minute and, and, you know, tell people kind of what the difference is between those two? Yeah, totally. You know, it's funny because in college I was taught um, the first world of marketing, which is like it's, it's general marketing. It's general advertising, basically. And you can kind of think of it like 
uh, you know, if I'm going to go, like I first realized that when I was going to a Suns basketball game with my dad and my brothers in Arizona. So we're going to Arizona Suns basketball game. We're sitting in there and I had been working for Russell for a few months by then. And, you know, you can imagine sitting next to that guy, like your eyes are constantly being open to new things. You're like, holy crap. And, uh, and I sat down and I started looking around and I was like, how do they know how much money's coming off of all these logos spinning around the stadium? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was like, Oh my gosh, they don't, they just have these huge pockets and they go and they dump stuff around. They don't really know what's working. That's called general advertising. It's not measurable. You don't really know if it's, if it's actually working at all. There's no call to action. It's not really written like a marketer. It's written just like, Hey, we're here. Right. It's just, it's kind of dumb. The other world though, that I started learning about what happened is I was in college and I was uh, going through my marketing degree, learning that kind of stuff. And I started, I, I don't know why there's a few specific classes. I was sitting there and I started realizing like nothing that I'm learning right here, I feel like is a tangible skill post college. And I started looking and learning and, and I, I got this thirst that I can't even describe. And I started realizing like, I got to go provide with the things that I'm not learning here, which is really weird to hear yourself say. <laughs> so uh, I started getting more and more into this stuff. I ran into Russell and, um, and started realizing that this whole world of direct response marketing is an, it's still marketing, but it's like smart marketing. It's measurable marketing. I, ca I can actually sit back and say, when I put a dollar in, I know exactly how much we get back out. Like one of my webinars right now, right? It's, it's a thousand bucks. I know that when I spend 150 to 200 bucks, we will make a thousand. But I also know that for every thousand bucks, we'll sell an additional four, three to four $50 products, which removes our ad costs. And I just, it's a machine. It's been running for the last year because of that. It's direct response. It's I, anyway, those two worlds are on a collision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I, I totally agree with you there. I feel like people are, uh, are leaning more into, uh, I just started reading uh, Ryan Holiday's uh, uh, was it growth growth hacking? I think is what and I, I haven't hadn't read that yet before, but I um, love that guy. But yeah, it's very much in that same same vein, of course. Of like that's that's where big advertising dollars are starting to pour into that. I mean, we see that with you know Facebook ad costs going up incrementally because big players are moving into the arena. You know, um, yeah, I, like I can't even imagine spending what is it, like five million bucks for a Super Bowl ad. Yeah, you know how much yeah. money you can make on Facebook with $5 million <laughs> in <laughs> right. Like, what? That would be monstrous. I don't know how much money they make from those ads or if they do at all. I, well, how do they know? I don't know. I, mean, I, I guess don't know. How do you maybe, track that? Yeah, maybe there's like an influx of cash that happens soon after maybe. it or something, but I mean, maybe. That's the thing. Is like, at least when you're running ads, you could see like, oh, this isn't working. Let's kill that one off and you know, yeah. move on from there. Anyway, that's funny. Okay. Yeah. I just like the way you, uh, you, you specifically said that like this way, dumb, <laughs> this way, really smart. <laughs> and, uh, I just want to ever know my stance. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> cool, man. Um, so you, you it, and I'm just going to kind of, uh, stay on the offer my track for a second. Yes. Yeah. And another thing that I really liked that you talked about was, um, you know, I talk a lot on the show about, you know, traffic temperatures. I've, I've, my audience should be familiar with that by now. But one thing that you brought into the arena is this concept of dream traffic, right? And, yeah. and going straight after those people. Yeah. And yeah, I've also, you know, talked about the, the red ocean, blue ocean stuff before. And it kind of is all in that, in that thing. But I, I really like the way you talked about that. So would you mind to just kind of... Um, you know, what, what is dream traffic? How do we find it? And how do we go about creating compelling offers for those people? Sure. Yeah. I mean, and a uh, big topic, obviously there, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, you know, 
it's funny because I remember the first few times I, um, I started selling these, you know, building the funnel, my own funnel. And um, I'd go build these funnels. I put them all together and I didn't know who to talk to about it. <laughs> you know, and I would turn around and I would start, I would start talking to anybody that would listen, but that doesn't mean that they're a good fit for my product. I remember um, there was, there was a guy I was, I was listening to, it's had to be like seven years ago. I mean, and, and he said, if you look across the street and you see Mr. Jones over there and Mr. Jones is like, and you know that Mr. Jones is struggling and you're like, oh, Mr. Jones, he needs my opportunity, right? He needs my product, what I'm going to sell to him. He said, that is the worst customer you could ever go get on the planet. It's yeah. like, I don't want them to need it. I want them to want it. Super different mentality. Um, so this whole concept behind like, I love Eugene Schwartz. I mean, how can you, you know, he's awesome. But um, the whole concept of like hot, warm and cold traffic. When I started looking at the way ClickFunnels has grown and what we were doing over there, hot traffic is traffic, right? That is problem aware and solution aware. But I want one additional level and I call it dream traffic. And it's this qualifier that they have to have purchased something in the past from a category king. And that might be too deep for the show. I don't know. But like the, the I want them to have bought from my top competitor. I want that. And people will be like, well, why do you want to buy from the competitor? Because if I start saying these sales messages, who's it going to resonate with? It resonates with people. And I target it at my competitor's audience. It, it resonates with people who are in a state of pain and they've also experienced my competitor's product, which means I kind of removed competition. It, get, it gets rid of it. They've already experienced my top competitor. They know where they're already feeling the pain. They've already spent money, which tells me a lot about their mentality. They're willing to, they value time over money and they're willing to spend money to get it. That, that's a big, big thing right there. And when I realized that, you know, it's actually um, for the first product I was selling when I left ClickFunnels. Um, you know, for example, because uh, I know it's kind of a crazy concept. It's like with, with um, so I sell into the MLM space, right? I got this product, Seeker MLM Hacks. And uh, what's interesting about that product is when I first left ClickFunnels, I was selling it to the general MLM space. And it's not a knock, but it's a reality. It was the most challenging customer on the planet. It was so hard, man. Like the first three months were straight hell. Like it was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is a good product. Why is this so bad? And I, and I realized I could change my offer. I could change my message or I could just change my who and then leave the other two and it's fine. It's much faster to just change my who. And so I, I added a qualifier. I said, I want to go for the MLMer, but somebody who is from the ClickFunnels world already. Yeah. And that was magic because they came in, they were a buyer. They've already bought from, you know, it's not like I'm competing with ClickFunnels, but they bought from, for, they've already a buyer from ClickFunnels. I already know what it is. Um, they put money on the table. They're problem and solution aware already. It means I'm picking them up in the space where it's really easy for them to have awesome success from my, from my product. Uh, I look at customer education. Who, who do I not need to tell a lot to in order for them to have success with my product? That's, a big, that's so awesome. Such a big hack to the game. That one, Anyway. So that's, that's really what I look at right there. I, hopefully that answered yeah. it. Yeah, man, totally. That's awesome. And I, I wanted to um, talk a little bit more about, uh, about, you know, fi finding the, the who, um, and you said that, it, you know, they have to buy from the category King and they, it, that, but that education gap is a big deal because mm. a lot of people go straight for like, well, this person really needs this. So I'm going to go after them. 
but like how long are you going to slog over that to trying to convert them into believing this huge, huge thing that they have are so far from believing like you know yeah. I, and so how do you i i mean you just told me how to how to find them so i guess my question is like i think people are still like but steve like there's still all these people like surely i can still sell them like what would you say to them and and i agree with that um you know i was listening to something from frank kern and he was saying the issue is that a lot of us we get focused on that he he what he's he sitting at a table and he had this big jar of mints it was a huge jar of mints he's sitting at a coffee table and, uh, and he took out a little bit of mints and he said, this is what most people focus on. It's a small group of people that are ready to buy in the next month. Yeah. And they're ready to buy like soon. And most of our marketing efforts traditionally are after that group of people. And he took a huge handful and he said, Poof, and he placed it next to it. He said, this is represents the group of people who are not ready to buy yet, but they're ready to buy in the next, you know, three, four, five months. And then he dumped the rest of this massive jar of mints. He's like, this is everybody who's ready to buy like six months plus, you know, a year plus. He's like, we have to understand is like one of the things that he said, one of the things I do and, and is I will have my marketing still goes after those who are ready to buy now, but I do not neglect that second category. And I go and I, and so one of the things that I do to take advantage of that is podcast. I mean, exactly what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, people are listening to my marketing messages. I mean, episodes, <laughs> right? They're consuming the stuff that I'm going through and people who are like, I'm not ready to buy yet. I respect that. Timing is definitely part of it. But uh, you know, those people are just on the fence. You're just they're like, Hey, I need the nudge. Give me the scarcity urgency, Steve, or whatever. But there's also like some realness behind like, it may not be a good time yet. You know, I'm not going to neglect them. It's a larger pot. So things about like, like podcasting, continuing to run ads and they'll see them time over time. Um, that's how you go after that second group. And that's really what our focus has shifted to. Um, cause the people are ready to buy that they, they, they'll just run through the funnel. You know, that's, that's really yeah, fast. Right. So I'm, I'm focusing on that second round there. Um, and the easiest way to do that is education. So I'm going to go see what education I could go give them to position them in a space where they're ready to purchase the moment I ask them to next. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, man. I, I like that. Thanks for sharing that. Because it, you know, if you are continuing to to say the same things, even if it's geared, like still the same, it's the same message, but more people are going to start to find it and like trickle in, right? That's what you're saying. Yeah, totally. And like some people, they resonate more like, oh, this podcast episode, I'm going to tell a story about being in the army. And it, yeah. Suddenly it breaks all these false beliefs about who I am for people who've been in the military, right? And then I'm going to tell a story about the family and I'm going to tell a story. It's like the same three, four, five messages always that I'm running just with a different story telling it. That that kind of leads me to my next question, actually, which was about stories. So Mm. how do you how do you go about collecting these stories for your podcast uh, presentations, things like that? So that's that's thing one. And then is there a specific framework that you use consistently just to deliver them? Sure. so whenever I'm trying to look for like a podcast episode, there's a few things that run through my mind. First and foremost, podcasting is a marketing tool. And so is there a product that I'm getting ready to launch? And how can I use the platform I've created as a podcast to push traffic to it, right? And build up that pressure. So the first thing I look at is if I'm going to go create a podcast episode, I, I will think through like, what is it I need to actually put out there? Um, so if it's a product I'm going to go out and launch, I'll literally create a webinar <laughs> and I will tell the webinar over several episodes. There's five major parts of every po- uh, webinar. If it's like a huge product, I will create a full webinar. They just don't know they're experiencing it. 
So there's the first few stories, right? There's the, the origin story. Well, the first episode is going to be the origin story about what they're about to go get pitched on. They don't know that, right? Then there's the, you know, secret number one, secret number two, secret number three. So they've heard four episodes already by that time pushing towards this thing. And now there's like this momentum. Whoa, 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 right? They built all this pressure up towards it. And then the fifth episode is this call to action. So like, because people are like, oh, I don't want to do a webinar. It's like, I get what you're saying page wise, but use the formula everywhere because it's amazing. Um, that's the first, like, I don't care what else is going on in my life, right? My, my role is to sell my products. So um, I'm going to make sure that if I have the opportunity to, I'm going to create episodes that build up pressure to that. The second thing though, is I will think through um, uh, lessons I learned mm-hmm. recently. Um, the third is I will think through... Um, problems that I'm running into and how I'm trying to overcome it. That's a very cool episode. People like those a lot because they're very open, right? Hey, I have issues too, right? This is how I'm getting over it. You know, and people, people like to hear those, Um, but it's usually with those kind of three things. There's a few times where I'm just kind of brain dead and I'm like, I don't know what to talk about. And so I have a big running list of just ideas on Trello. Um, And uh, sometimes what I've done is I'll just go live in my groups and just Q and A until I find a hook and then I'll riff on it, cut it out and make that an episode. <laughs> I've done that a few times too. <laughs> That's great, man. That's perfect. Well, thanks for sharing that. Cause I think it's, you know, like if we, and I know you, I've heard you do this time and time again on your podcast. Like I can feel this being really information heavy and not story heavy. Just stick with me. Like that's, you know, people can feel that, that tug of like, I need some narrative in here. I don't know. And that's just a human thing. So like, if we have a, a running list of things that we can just go to. So I really like that idea. Um, mm. And I encourage people to, to do that too. That's awesome. Um, so way shifting gears, but kind of in the same vein, but like I want to talk about the heroes two journeys and you, you talk a lot about how, um, uh, so actually let me just kind of go with that for a second. So like two journeys, you know, like the one is like the, you know, the goal, the, the external thing where everybody can see, you know, I, I'm going to make a million dollars or um, Frodo's going to take the ring to Mordor. Like that's the thing. And then right. the, the second one is, you know, what happens to change? I know you know all this, but um, um, so I guess my, my question for you in, in this vein is like, you've, you've said time and time again, that entrepreneurship is like the biggest um, way to in, in, insert personal growth here into your, into yourself. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest, <laughs> most impactful introspective change that you've experienced on this journey? Most powerful, impactful, introspective change on the journey. Uh, trust in myself. That's been the hardest one because you learn, everyone learns all this stuff. Info is not the issue. You know, there's so much info. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say, yeah, without without hesitation to be trust in myself. And I would say that failure is not real. It's just, it's not. I mean, I went through 34 tries, but I wouldn't have done the 35th without the 34th. <laughs> you yeah. know, like yeah. I didn't qualify personally. 35, if I started at 35, it would have failed. Like I needed to be different. So I remember like, and I know I said this at offer mine, but I remember like just begging, praying to God, just saying like, what is wrong? Like, why is this, why is everything sucking? Because I'm on number like 12, we are broke. I have kids, I cannot make money, right? And it's just like this plea. And he did answer. And his answer was, do it again, 
do it again. You don't qualify, man. Like, I mean, it's not that God doesn't have a million dollar idea. You know, <laughs> That's not the issue. I'm a bad driver. And so what I had to realize was that like, anyway, it, it is this growth where like, it's cool to realize that because there's kind of this surrender that happens on every attempt that you do from there on out. Yeah. Hey, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm pretty sure it's going to, and I'm going to do everything I can to make it succeed. But if it doesn't, not a failure. Okay. What was I supposed to take from this? How can I re like so much is different from second, you know, for second offer mind versus the first one. So much was different. So much. Oh my gosh. Uh, So much different for offer lab the second year than the first year, but I wouldn't have known. And so people will sit back and they go, I want to start at 35, man. And it's like, you, you can't, (laughs) you're not going to. Um, And I'd say that those are the biggest takeaways I've had. And so, trust to move forward just trusting myself enough to move forward and then second of all would definitely be the, like whatever happens anyways like as long as i'm focused on the vision i'm not gonna fail i don't lose i learn yeah. right yeah that's amazing man yeah I, I totally agree with that and that's a big shift that i've had to make in my mind too of like i even like you know i we have an agency and uh you know we're running things through and and trying different things for clients and like if something doesn't work, it feels personal. It feels like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I suck at this. Totally um, is personal. <laughs> it is. It's very personal. And then somebody else is trusting you. So like, I wonder, like, you think they're thinking that and like, I don't know. It's important to remember that, that it's, it's more of, it's a journey and that you are just learning. Even the failures is learning. So um, is there any like big change that you see coming for yourself that, that is going to be growth inducing. Do you see anything happening right now or, or coming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, um, it's like every three months. I don't know why. Um, it might be because I'm in like, I always plan my business quarterly. So maybe it's like we plan it and then I'm like, Oh, okay, this is what I have to change in the business. And I'm like, Oh crap, I got to change this in me. I don't know. But for some reason, every three months, my, it's like, I have a conversation with my wife and she, she'll look at me and be like, what's wrong? Yeah. And I'll be like, I have to grow, (laughs) you know, dang it. Like, I don't want it because it sucks. It does, you know? And so it's like this very eyes wide open next layer falling off, next layer falling off. And like, where it's just these brutal honesty moments where you're like, man, I, I, this thing, I thought I had a little bit of pride in or whatever, self-respect in, I'm really bad at that. And somehow I got to address it or we don't move forward. And, um, so the next big growth I'm noticing is going to be, um, more around, just like, I don't, it's more around, um, I know what it is. I'm having a hard time articulate it. Uh, it's more around becoming the attractive character and the teenager in me, the Steven in me, not the Steve has a very hard time with that because I was extremely I wasn't shy. I had no confidence. And I know like my message, like all this stuff, everything that I'm doing here, I I have to become something else in order for that message to go further. I believe in the message, which is like cool, but it's a double-edged sword. It's unfortunate at the same time. Like crap, now I got to go grow. I know that what I need to do is I have to go be more of a public figure. And I, 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 I've always kind of fought that a little bit and uh, don't really want to make that change. <laughs> I also know, and this is a big one. This has been on my mind so heavy the last, especially two months. 
um, I have got to uh, create more routine or I will die early. Um, I work hard. I love working hard. doesn't feel like it because I love it. But unless I do more physical stuff, I will die early. Uh, unless I start taking care more of my mind and do more meditation, like I was for a while, kind of got out of habit when an offer mind came around, I'm going to lose it. Like there's more around self-regulation that is required of me um, that I'm seeing. That's why Russell did that. That's why he was doing this. That's why when he talked to Tony, he was having that. That's, that's You know what I mean? And like, oh, okay. That is as much a part of the longevity of the game as anything else now. Uh, as important as the offer is like, I got to protect myself. And um, yeah. it felt selfish at first, but it's, it's time. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Th- thanks for sharing that, brother. Because I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people feel that because everybody is just chugging along, like making offers, putting, building funnels, like it's all, it's all fun. And, and there comes a point where you have to, <laughs> you have to level out that part of your, of your life because it's, it's real. That human yeah. element is not going away. <laughs> it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a season for hustle and then you can't live like that though. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been hustling for years and uh, which is great, but um, now it's time to make a business out of it, put systems in place and do a few things to make sure that I go further so yeah. that I can do yeah. more than I'm supposed to go do. Otherwise yeah. I think I will die early. Yeah, so. De- definitely do that. Definitely do that. We like having <laughs> you around, dude. Um, <laughs> so I, I think, um, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you feel like would be beneficial to my audience of marketers here? You know, um, the further and further I've gotten down this, so much more clarity and simplicity on actually doing the game has come. And, and um, I've really enjoyed getting into just understanding that the whole game literally is, do you know how to create a sales message and position it? Do you know how to create an offer um, where you are not the sole fulfiller, right? That way you have longevity in your business. Um, And then campaigns and campaigns are 100% this dying thing. And people are losing and forgetting what they are and they don't know how to create them. And, um, it's not a Facebook campaign. It can be part of it. Like, I know I talked a lot about that offer mine, but um, I, I believe that if you, if people just understand that this is nothing more than telling stories through distribution channels, that's it. <laughs> that's the game. Give it a little time and you got it. That's I mean, awesome. it really is just keep it super simple like that. Seek distribution. That's great. I love that. Well, thanks so much for being here, man. And yeah, um, yeah this is, uh, this is really fun. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So, um, I'm glad, uh, glad Offer Mind was a success. And um, yeah, I hope we should do this again for sure. Yeah, you're a great interviewer, man. This is a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, brother. All right, man. Have, have a good awesome. rest of the day. See ya. Yes, that was awesome. Thank you so much, Steve Larson, for, for being here, for putting on such an epic event at Offermind, and uh, for sharing all that with the audience today. I really appreciate you. Um, and uh, yeah, just grateful that we got to do that, brother. And if y'all want to know more or learn more about Steve Larson, just go to stevejlarson.com and you'll be able to find more of his stuff and see more about him there. Um, so I wanted to talk to y'all for just a minute as we're rolling out here. Um, this is episode 41. How did you guys think about it? Do you like more interviews? Do you, do you enjoy... Um, do you enjoy that that dynamic of having you know someone else on the show? Let me know. I'm I'm always going to be uh, doing solo shows and, and sharing little ideas here and there with y'all. But I wanted to um, to kind of start to mix it up a little and bring some more interviews in. And I thought, what a perfect way to uh, to kick that off again with an episode with Steve Larson. That was awesome. Um, so y'all, let me know on that. And uh, 
yeah, just let me know what you're, what you're thinking and, and uh, the kind of stuff you like to hear. Uh, or if there's anybody you would like me to in, reach out and interview, just let me know. Reach out. Um, it is chris at storywellmarketing.com. You can get me there or you can just go to storywellmarketing.com or you can go to Instagram at, at Chris Creed. Just reach out to me somehow. Let me know um, and uh, we'll, we'll get it going. Um, but until next time, y'all, I'm Chris Creed. This has been the Storywell Marketing Podcast and I'll talk to you soon. Hey, everybody, let me ask you a question real quick before you go. How many of you all would like to have all your expenses taken care of, everything in your personal life, your finances, everything, every month, forever? Probably all of you, right? <laughs> well, let me tell you a quick story. About three months ago, I was listening to a podcast where Russell Brunson was talking about the importance of list building. And on this podcast, he said, your list is your greatest asset. And then he said, the purpose of every funnel I've ever built ever, all of them have had one goal and one goal only, and that is to build a list profitably. And he also said this a couple weeks ago at Offermind. He said, if you have a list, if you build a list and you own traffic, that is yours. That is traffic that you own. And if you own traffic, you win the game. So if you have a list, you win. So if he's saying those things, then that to me says that we should put a lot of focus on list building. So I'm actually going to be doing something really fun this November. I'm going to interview some really smart people who have really big lists, and I'm going to ask them one question. If you lost your list, if your list went away tomorrow and you had to rebuild it to 10,000 people in just 30 days, what actions would you take every single day in order to make that happen? So real quick, why is the number 10,000 important? So lots of really smart people have said, if you're doing email marketing really poorly, you should still be able to generate $1 per month per person on your email list if you're adding value and giving people really cool stuff. So the number 10,000 is important because for most people, $10,000 a month coming in from something that you own would be life-changing. It would mean financial freedom. So with that in mind, building your list of 10,000 people as quickly as possible should be a goal for all of us. And if you want to join us, if you want to get in early, I haven't even announced the people I'm interviewing yet. I haven't announced the dates of the summit yet. It's going to be in November. But if you want to go get in early and join us, I'm going to do something and give you something really cool. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and give you three quick action steps that you can go ahead and start doing today to build your list crazy fast. Three things that you can do today to actively grow your most important asset. And I'm just going to give it to you. All you got to do is go to 10ksummit.com. That's the number 10ksummit.com. And on that page, you're going to see a video of me. And below that uh, is where you can enter your email address. And once you hit that button below there, it's going to take you to the next page and you'll see the video right there with the three action steps that you can take right now to build your list quickly. And uh, if you sign up early, I'm also going to be sending out these interviews early as I, as I roll them out and get them going. I'm not going to give them all away, of course, but I'll give a couple of them away, especially the people who've signed up early. So uh, yeah, it's going to be awesome. You should totally go sign up. Um, go to 10K Summit right now and join us early. All right, y'all. Make great things. See ya.